Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. I am convinced that we are overcome and overtaken and overwhelmed by a wealth of information. The information highway has clogged the roadway to our hearts and to our minds when it comes to truth. The profound has been cast aside as common. Eternal truths are trampled underfoot without a second thought. Hardened hearts and hard heads have built up resistance to the need for the eloquent and the essential. Familiarity has festered into contempt. What should spawn awe now results in nothing more than yawns. So how do we remedy this epidemic of callousness? I wonder if perhaps as we go back and we review the elementary, if it doesn't give us the deep insights into the complex. Maybe as we review the very basic, it will allow us to break down the barriers to truth. And so this morning, we turn our attention to the simple, a common item, an everyday item for some. Almost every household in America and across the world has one of these. Some use it daily while others allow it to gather dust. For some, it's a meeting place. For others, it's a classroom. But could it be that this simple, cheap table might just be a backdrop, a, a blank canvas, if you will, for the telling of the greatest story of grace and truth and mercy that's ever been told. The table. Watch. Listen. Believe. Dine. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. 
Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And God saw everything he had made, and behold, it was very good. clever of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. The snake spoke to the woman and said, Woman, did God really tell you that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So she took some of the fruit from the tree and ate it. Her husband was there with her, so she gave him some of the fruit and he ate it. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. everyone to his own way. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Christ had no sin, but God made him become sin so that in Christ we could be right with God.
but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. He offered one sacrifice for sins forever. He paid with Christ's sacred blood, you know. He died like an unblemished sacrificial lamb. And this was no afterthought. Even though it has only lately at the end of the ages become public knowledge, God always knew he was going to do this for you. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. All sins forgiven, the slate wiped clean, that old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. He said, it is finished. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Jesus, he took the body down from the cross and wrapped it in a cloth. Then he put it in a tomb that was dug in a wall of rock. This tomb had never been used before. feeling it's uh, the feeling of isolation and loneliness and at times awkward God the father knew what it feels like to be all like that by himself eaten by himself and he became so determined and so committed to having fellowship with us that from the first moment in the garden till the last moment of Calvary, what he's been working on, what he's been doing is he's been setting the table. 
He's been putting everything into place so that he could have communion with us. It was a high price. The sacrifice was great. But he was willing to pay whatever price he had to pay so that we could come to the table. Are there days that you feel like that maybe God doesn't love you? Are there days that you ponder whether God even knows where you are? Are there moments in life where you begin to think, God, do you even care about me? I would declare to you today that all you have to do in those moments is look at the table. The table has been set. The, 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 the placement is finished. Everything is in place for fellowship with you. Look at and ponder the table. I'm convinced that this morning there are basically two groups of people in the house today. There's the first group that that longs to get to God, but every time they try to reach out to God on their own, they fall short, they come up short, and they're not able to make it on their own. It reminds me of the little man in Luke chapter 19 that's described. The Bible says that he longs to get to Jesus, but he comes up short. He's not only... uh, vertically challenged he's morality challenged and on his own will in his own way he tries to reach out to Jesus and he comes up short but the good news this morning is that if you've been trying to get to Jesus and if you've been longing to get to God the message of that day for that little man is still the same message that is true today because the Bible says that when Jesus spots this man trying to get to him he calls out Zacchaeus come down from that tree because today I'm coming to your house to eat and today the message to you is this in all of your own attempts you will always come up short and you will never be able to reach God on your own but the good news is that God so longed for fellowship and communion with you that he went out of his way and he sent his own son to die so that you could come to God the Bible says that at the moment Jesus died in the temple the veil was rent the separation between us and God was broken and solved and remedied and so now not on your own power not on your own strength not on your own goodness or giftedness but through the provision made by the death of his son Jesus we have a seat at the table there's a second group in this house today it's that how that 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 group of folks that feels unworthy that feels like I don't have what's necessary I'm not good enough I'm not perfect enough I'm not righteous enough to approach the table I know God wants communion with me I realize that in my mind but in my heart I just don't feel up to that We find ourselves in the place of the Old Testament young man whose name was Mephibosheth. The Bible says that King Saul was on the battlefield and the battle turned against him and the the enemy comes and kills Saul and then his son Jonathan is destroyed on the battlefield. So the only heir left to the throne was a little boy, five years old, by the name of Mephibosheth. News travels back to the palace and and they begin to find out that the king is dead and his son is dead and now the grandson is the heir apparent to the throne and so now the nurse that has been taking care of him all five years and loves him and looks out for him realizes that this little boy at five years old will become the target of assassination plots and so out of concern and care she bundles up the little boy and she runs for his life. The only problem is is that in her haste she drops him 
And the Bible says that this little boy is now crippled, broken, scarred, messed up. Isn't that our story? Aren't our weaknesses real? Aren't our, our pains genuine? We're marked and we're scarred and we find ourselves limping through life and we find ourselves broken and destroyed and scarred and marred by sin. But you got to go back to the story. Because the Bible says that there was a king, a new king. He's just a, a simple man, a, just a, a natural man, but he illustrates for us the heart of the father because King David is described as a man after God's own heart. He's just a picture of what God would do, what God does. What David does is he sends an invitation to a broken little boy. And although the pain is real and the the disability is real and the scars are real. He does what we cannot do on our own. He ushers us to the table. In fact, what he does is this. He brings us to the table as broken and as scarred and as messed up as we are. He ushers us to the table and then he takes the tablecloth of his grace and he wraps it around those things that are broken and destroyed. And though we shouldn't be here, and although, well, although we're too messed up and too disfigured, he hides our brokenness so nobody can see. And he covers us with the grace of his goodness and his mercy is new every morning. And it covers me and it's sufficient. His grace is sufficient for all my needs. All my brokenness can be hidden in him. All my sin can be covered in him. All my disqualifying features can be hidden. By, my fa by the fact that my, my God and my King brings me to the table. In fact, this morning, can I say to you that what Easter is really all about, what this resurrection celebration that we take part in every year, what it really does is it just screams at the top of God's voice, come and dine. The master calleth, come and dine. You can feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude and turned the water into wine to the hungry calleth now, come and dine. There's a table that's been spread for you. An invitation has been issued. Uh, an invitation into communion and, and, and to fellowship has been given. Are you hungry? Well, the dinner bell is ringing. Are you thirsty? The dinner bell is ringing. Are you broken? Doesn't matter. The dinner bell is ringing. Are, are you far from God? Doesn't matter. The invitation is in the mail. It's already been delivered. It is finished. He came. He died. He rose again for us. The table is complete. You see, there's, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Something's wrong. Something's not right. What is, what is it? There's a tablecloth, silver plates, pitcher, chairs. Something's just not, something's, what's wrong? Oh, I know what's missing. Only one thing's missing this morning from the table. He's done all he can do. He's made all the provision he can make. The sacrifice has been made. The power that raised Christ from the dead has been used to bring us to this moment. Because see, here's the truth this morning. An invitation 
must be accepted or it's no good. All that Jesus has done for us, all the sacrifices that he made, all the whippings that he went through, and all the thorns that went into his head, and the spear that went into his side, and the nails in his hands and his feet, none of that matters if we fail to receive the invitation that was made. The thing that's missing this morning is you. I don't know where you stand. I don't know who you are. For many of you, you already know Christ as your Savior. For you, you're, you're encountering fellowship on a daily basis. I pray that you will never take for granted what it costs to get us to the table. But I just happen to believe that there are some folks in here this morning that probably don't know Him, that aren't in fellowship with Him, that, that feel far from God. You've tried on your own and you've come up short. Maybe you feel like you're not worthy, you're not righteous enough. The good news this morning is it's not based on you, it's based on Him. It's His righteousness. Our righteousness is as filthy rags, but His righteousness brings us into right standing with the Father. We must simply reach out and accept and believe and receive the invitation to the table. Come, dine, believe, live. I want you to stand with me this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Jesus has done all he can do. Now it's up to us to receive the invitation and accept the invitation that he's made. I want to pray over you this morning. And here in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to Come to that place where you will receive. Father, this morning I pray over every person under the sound of my voice. They've seen illustrated for them the great lengths that you went to to reach us from the very first moment. In fact, your word declares that before the foundation of the earth, the lamb was slain. So before there, there, there's any recorded history or testimony, from the very first moments until you sent your son Jesus, you were working. You were setting the table for this moment right here. For April the 8th, 2012, you knew that somebody here would be at the place where they need relationship with you. So, Father, this morning I pray that you would tear down every barrier, every wall. All the excuses would be gone. And we would recognize that all we have to do is reach out and accept what you've done for us. And we can have fellowship and communion with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here and you say, Steve, I don't know Jesus as my Savior. I've tried to reach God on my own and I've fallen short. Or maybe you'd say, Steve, I don't know Jesus as my Savior and I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm disqualified. My, my life has been marred and scarred and broken and dropped. And my life is a mess, and there's no way I can come to the table now. Then I just came to tell you this morning that he's reserved a spot for you. And it's very simple. We promise we will not embarrass you. We just want to pray intelligently. If you're here and you would like to use this day to accept the invitation that God has given to us, you say, Steve, I want to know Jesus today. I want to make him the Lord and the Savior of my life. I want to surrender my heart to him. If that's you, would you just quickly raise your hand and pull it right back down. We will not embarrass you.
we simply want to pray. Is there one that is ready to surrender their life to the one who gave everything to get you to the table? Is there one? We want to wait just a Yeah, there's one. Anyone else that's willing to submit another? Yeah, anyone else that's willing to give their heart? It's the greatest invitation that you can ever accept. He did it for you. This is your day. This is your moment. Not going to wait much longer. We're going to pray. I want to give you an opportunity. One last opportunity. Is there one that would say, I need to come to the table today. I see what he did for me. Yes. Anyone else? Yes. Another. Let's all do this together. Even if you've accepted the invitation at times past, it's good for us to remember the price that was paid, what Jesus did. Let's pray this together. Will you just pray this after me? Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I deserved it. My sin sent you to the cross, and I'm thankful. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to have fellowship with the Father. I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my life to you. I give you everything. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. Father, we're thankful this morning that your son came and died. But what separates him from all the other claims as God is the fact that on the third day, he rose again. And Father, I thank you for the power that resides in us at this moment. When we come into relationship and fellowship and communion with you, power resides. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us and it quickens us. So Father, this morning... On the day that we celebrate your resurrection, it does us good to remember the price that was paid. And so we contemplate all that you did for us. I pray we would never become callous to that, the great price that you paid. And so, Father, this morning as we come to the table and we communion with you for just a few moments, I pray that those of us that have known you, for those that just met you, I pray that we would just take a few moments and really ponder how blessed we are to know you and to be joint heirs with your son Jesus, to be sons and daughters of God. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. This is how we're going to conclude this morning. I know it's Easter and we celebrate resurrection on Easter, but I just am convinced that one of the best days to remember how we got to resurrection is to remember the price. And so we're going to take communion together today. There are three stations, one on my right, one on my left, and one in the very back in the center aisle. And what I would like to ask you to do is this. I would like, in an orderly fashion, if you would just gather family or maybe you don't have family here, maybe just friends, and you would just make your way to one of these tables and just take the cup and the bread and, and take communion at that moment. And then... Find a place, whether it's here or maybe back at your seats, for just a few moments and ponder and contemplate the great love that God must have for us as we celebrate the fact that His Son Jesus came and died and rose again so that we could come to this table 
and commune. Once you finish that, if you just make your way back to your seat and just sing with Julie for a few moments and then we'll, we'll change gears and finish. But I release you now to accept the invitation to come and dine at the table of communion. Would you come with your family and friends at this time? Thank you. The blood that she It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 